0: Tallgirl Media presents Two Strangers and the podcast
1: Strangers Hello strangers Hi Mike how are you Hey
2: I'm doing great how are you
1: I'm doing well we're we're this is a this is an after work stranger gathering as opposed an to after work an special evening stranger gathering right And yes. that is because friends we have someone again Uh, this is the second human we've had or second stranger we've had that is not in our time zone or on this continent uh so we have on tonight mark hector who's in the uk and happily joining us very late in the evening on his end uh mark welcome uh please like tell us who you are what you're about um our listeners are always happy to learn and and hear from new strangers
0: Cool. Um, Well, like you said, my name is Mark Hector, and I'm from the UK. What I'm all about are people and behaviours. So I have been teaching people for about 16 years, I'd say, in total, but probably for a good portion of that for about eight to nine years, been studying the human behaviours. And what I've learned from that is that people are freaking weird. Mm -hmm. And that weirdness... Excites me and what I wanted to do as opposed to just saying people are weird the end We already know people are weird. What I wanted to do was find out why The actual facts that fit behind that and a lot of that came from teaching so a lot of it I kind of knew already it was just cementing that platform But then what started to happen is I started getting involved in things like people's psychology I started learning the terminology But then getting to know that there is actually a platform out there that sort of puts you into these categories and that's where it just imploded. So I started guessing people, and there'll be loads of stuff I'll talk about. But by having this platform, you got to the point that I start judging people just by looking at them, but not on assumptions anymore by factual data, by trying mm-hmm. to understand how people think and behave. And that is where my interest just kept going. So that's pretty it's really much really cool.
1: People are so, so. We'll weird. Me included. I love it
0: so my my whole study was trying to identify why people are weird because we know that people are weird but we never bother to find out why what we do we sit and we judge and we go they're weird but what I was asking, I wanted to know yeah but why like what what are you doing like for example if a car breaks down you don't guess well I know men do but you don't suddenly go well it's probably this and start yanking it out and go well I think it's this no mate you're not a mechanic so you're wrong. Same goes for people. Where's the manual for people? Why is it for people? We suddenly, our assumptions are better than the actual data. And because wow. I and because I was teaching people, this was helping me. But the problem I have is disconnect. So I was trying to understand what I was like as a person for certain people in the room I couldn't connect with. So suddenly this study was helping me, but then I was learning along the way. And the, that's where it got exciting. But the thing that makes me laugh about people is people do not like to be put into categories. And oh my God, my things.
1: partner <laughs> refuses to categorize himself.
0: But but you know, what's interesting is your brain works in categories. So I love I love challenging on this. If I was to put numbers on the screen now, let's say I gave you numbers and I saw this on a, on a YouTube video, it's really clever. And if I was to put numbers up now, I don't know, 11, 20, 32, 16, and I went, tell me the sequence, you instantly would start categorizing. Your first assumption might be it's a math equation. Your second assumption might mean it's dates. Your third might be streets. So you're already categorizing. When you look at someone wearing a certain item of clothing, you categorize whether you like it or not, based on how you think and feel, based on knowledge about clothing and what people should and shouldn't be wearing. So to say that you can't categorize another person when your brain's built in categories, it's the most ridiculous concept I've ever heard. But I think social media is a part to play. So social media will tell you you can be anything that you want to be. You know, there's are Instagram you telling me that point.
1: the internet lies?
0: Oh, yeah, apparently they do. I love all the uh, the posts on insta that will say, you know, you can do anything you want, and I'm there to go, nah, scientifically, you can't. Yeah, yeah, don't want to hear that. And I'm like, all right, go build a plane then. And they go, I, I can, I just don't want to, and that's the problem. The don't want to bit is the reason why you can't, you can do many other things. But in this equation, you can't do something like that. You probably built for something else. So, what is it? So,
2: so, so my question is like you were talking about how uh, we'll, we'll instantly categorize things like clothing, whether you like it or not, or you see something and it's you'd like it or you don't. What is it that makes most people negative? Like chances are that chances are you see something and, you, and you'll first jump to the reason why you don't like it. Like, I don't like that clothing. I don't like that person. I don't like what I hear. I don't like what I see. What is it that makes most people
0: like haters, if you will? Um, okay, so th- there's so many factors to that. So I'll try and sort of break it down as, 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 as I understand it. But this would be something I would develop someone over like a week to explain, because there are loads of factors, because what we're doing there is assuming everyone's looking at clothing and saying negative. But in answer to your question, the reason why someone might do that, there's um, the way that you look at it, to categorize it into four areas. Now, there's actually like 72 versions of these behaviors, but let's just say there are four types of people, just to make it easier to, to acknowledge. The first, the first sort of axis that separates people, there are people that think logically about the world. So they survive through the logical data. So they will look at a situation and they need input. These people love like calendars. They take loads of notes. They really like the intricate detail. There are other people that live through feelings. So what they can do, I call it like a a gazelle mentality. You know, a gazelle will start running, even though logically there's nothing wrong. There's just that instinctive vibe. That's cave person DNA, that religious beliefs to one side, that's evolutionary trail. So there's going to be people that are emotionally equipped. So what they do, they'll walk into a situation, they don't look at the data in front of them. They can feel a room. And there's proof that goes back. Have you heard the the term where someone says you can cut the tension with a knife? Knife. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's not logical. Someone walked into a room and created that from a feeling. They walked in and went, poof it's tense in here. Now, if they're with a logical person, a logical person would go, what are you talking about? I cannot see a single tense person in this room. And this is where the clash comes. You've got emotions versus logic. The problem that you get is that we're so fight or flight instinctive that we think that we're right. So the clash comes there where people go, no, it does feel tense. And now you've got a logical person go prove it. But you can't prove emotions. You've got to be in emotions. And this is where you get a clash. So in answer to your question where negativity comes from, where sometimes people feel good in something or feel good as part of a group, because it's a feeling, logically, some people don't like that. So as an example, flat earthers. Oh, say we didn't Earth-
1: talk about that conspiracy last week, Mike damn have. that was our last episode mark was conspiracy theories sorry
0: go ahead oh, okay well perfect so i'll do conspiracy theories and i know and i know why ghosts don't exist but i know why they have to exist for people for the same reason so i'll explain that when you've got something emotional i can be part of a group there's tribal instinct in everyone whether you're logical or emotional you have to be a part of a tribe if you're not part of something you buy a thousand cats even those people go, I'd rather be alone. They don't want to be alone. It's a natural trait to be part of a tribe. So if you've got a tribe that will accept you on your emotional factor, not on logic, we know the earth is not flat, okay, the end. We know that. But there is groups of people that believe emotionally that it is. Now, they're part of a tribe and a unit. But what they can do, they can go, well, we believe it because we feel it to be true. Yes, they try and say logic, logic, but we laugh at the logic because it's, it's pathetic. But the thing is, is that What we've got to do is just accept the fact they're part of something. It's the same with a religious belief. I'm an atheist, but I don't judge someone for having a belief because they need to feel to be part of something. You'll notice the atheists and normally the logical people, what they're trying to do though is dictate how someone should see the world because logically there can't be a person in the clouds. Yeah, we get that. But what they're talking about is a feeling and it's a connection. It's a different connection that you are not a part of just because it doesn't make sense to you it doesn't mean it doesn't exist in terms of the feeling i don't agree with the religious side but i agree that they need to be a part of other people that are emotionally connected to something does that make sense yes it makes a lot of sense that was beautifully described actually
2: yeah that's really it's it's really quite fascinating so so for myself and in my career i work with uh, people, so I'm not like a guy who sits at a computer all day. I work with teenagers and young adults and families and parents and things like that. Uh, and and studying human behavior uh, is a lot of like a lot of what I do. So I work with something called executive functioning, uh, which is, you know, like the frontal lobe of the brain, kind of stuff where you know it's self-regulation, self-motivation, and you're really trying to figure out, you know, why do people do what they do. Why can you have 15 missing assignments, but you play video games all day? Why can you do an assignment, but then forget to submit it to your teacher? Uh, Why get into a two-hour fight with your parents over five minutes of homework? It's really fascinating how uh, you uh, you talk a lot about the ego, like, uh, like, like you learn a lot about how kids have an ego. Like that's like the, 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 philosophical and the psychological, uh, study of it. But you really think about it is that ego never really goes away. Uh, d- like you ha- people are very egotistical throughout the lifespan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's the why. And this is the thing it's, it's asking why. And for some reason, as adults, we change, we put on, like when I teach people, I still teach them like children because when you're in a vulnerable state, you go childlike. Yes, all you do is put fancier words on it, and you act like you're more adult, but you're still a kid like everybody else. And those ego states that I studied lots, or so I did a load. Uh, I do loads of work with children as well, and I don't like the terms of people being categorised. So I challenged even the way that we grade kids. Because if I'm now saying to you, there are people that are logical, they're the ones I would grade psychometrics and I would, you know, do tests and and the written and the theory because that's what they're prescribed to do. That's their journey. That's where they're going to be. Why are you then putting pressure on someone who lives and breathes through feelings? Through a test. So for example, if you were to test me on the stuff I know now, I'd fail. If you were to put me under test conditions to say marks out of 10, I'd fail. I pass through practitioner by delivering, by emotionally sharing. I sit in the emotional category. So my success came from using my skills to deliver the same message. I just get graded in a different way. I'm graded on the delivery, the emotional connection, the people I bring into the conversation, whereas other people can be graded on the logical theories and the stuff that sits with that theory. It's about understanding when you should be doing that. I think sometimes we're out of date. I think that psychology has gone super quick everything else is playing catch-up like you look at the way traditionally schools are measuring other people it's by a code that's in the 1970s I yeah. don't use theories from the 1970s I've brought them up to date because they don't work but yet the system that was built around the same time of those theories is still the metric we use to measure success so it means we're 40 years behind and that's the yeah. bit I always struggle with in learning is because People challenge that, but we don't sometimes give. I mean, you're lucky in what you do, but sometimes teachers are not given this. I remember I did a lot of work in schools with this, and teachers were blown away. And I was doing bits with kids where I was saying, it's okay. Like We were putting people in categories, and at some point, I had the sports guys with the nerds in the same category. And they, they hated each other. I went, yeah, but you're connected. One of you reads the game i.e. the sports game, you can read when to pass and when to do things, the other one reads a book. You're both the same. And suddenly they had something in common, they just didn't know it. And it's just an interesting discussion. The The other category I think around is one of the biggest ones is so that's just one side of this. Remember there's four sides, that's just two.
1: Can you, the wait, can you recap e- the two?
0: Yeah. Uh, what was the first and-
1: question? <laughs> was it something about mental... Uh, uh, You asked a question, Mike, about what makes someone negative.
0: Negative. Okay. Yeah. So it was the clash. So, then, so the first okay. clash is logic and emotions.
1: Logic and So emotions. some people okay. are logic,
0: some are emotions. Yes. And, and, you know, I'm just easing you in. So the next part is, is a bit that goes through the middle that makes up the four slices. And that's the term. And again, I'm not insulting intelligence here, but have you heard the term introvert, extrovert? Yep, mm-hmm.
2: yep. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, so if I was to ask you, what's your interpretation of a behavior for an introvert? What would you say? What's the first thing that springs to your mind?
2: Sitting by themselves. S- sitting by themselves, being isolated.
0: Okay. What about an extrovert? Talking, talking. Being with lots
1: people, of talking. lots of talking. Okay. Yeah.
0: The issue that I have with this is that they're, they're what I call the Google search terminologies, because if I Google introvert, extrovert, I get that terminology. And for me, it didn't sit right because I'm a speaker. But if we do the impression that introverts and extroverts are two separate, sometimes what we do, we say, Mark, you're an extrovert, the end. But there's times when I think. I just don't do it from the off. And there are introverts, they do speak. It's just the environment has to be right. So it was just bugging me, so I did more studies on this. So I changed the terminology. For me, introverts think to speak, and extroverts speak to think.
1: I've heard so that, that kind of logic
0: before. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that started getting me to understand that when I'm judging someone for being quiet and we go introverts are quiet. Yeah. But if you ask an introvert what's going on in their head, it's louder than me. So mm. they'll go, I'm not quiet. You're just not knowing what I'm thinking right now because the environment isn't right. For an extrovert, I was always seen as someone didn't know. They said, oh, you're talking too much. And my argument was on whose terms? Because I speak to think, so I have to speak to get to the point, surely. Now, when I started looking at this more in depth, I found that it's a survival code, and this is where the selfishness kicks in to answer your question. The way that you're raised, the first thing is gonna be genetics. So I don't study the 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 human brain to that extent. I'm not I'm not a doctor, but I know there's gonna be some evolutionary trail that will decide whether you're more of an introvert or an extrovert to survive. This is our fight or flight. Mm -hmm. but then what will happen is when you're born your influence you said ego states your parental influences will start telling you whether you're more of a thinker or a doer because for example i think of it like two nans like like your nan there'll be one nan that may raise their kid and go always think before you speak and there's another side that says always speak never be left behind so as a kid, you're being raised by them. I've worked with people that have traveled from areas like Korea, and they are raised to think. Their whole ethos is respect. So you'll find they're a lot quieter. I'm being stereotypical there because obviously there's gonna be different characteristics. But the people I've dealt with will, will categorically tell me the reasons why they're introverts because that's how they were raised, through listening to their elders, speaking when spoken to, etc. I was raised, I'm the youngest of, of, of a family of four. So I was always speaking because you had to. So that influenced me as an extrovert. Now, the problem is, as opposed to just accepting these two exist, this is where the human race gets selfish. Because an extrovert survives through engagement, if they're talking to an introvert, an introvert survives through thinking. But because we're not getting what we need, an extrovert will, will say things like, you're being very quiet and they said, what's wrong with your face? Why aren't you speaking? Oh, it's probably because you're shy. What they're actually doing is they're trying to force someone to come into their world. What annoys me more is they pat themselves on the back and go, oh, I'm just pulling them out of their comfort zone. Why? To make it easier for you. You've now affected them. Now, an introvert is just as selfish because they'll say things like, you talk too much. And I'll go on whose terms? And they always say, on my terms, and at what point did an introvert become the best source of you know, behaviors? What you've got to do is accept that both exist and they survival. So if I have a room of introverts, I should know it's going to be quiet. If I have a room of extroverts, I should know there's going to be some noise. But it's accepting those facts. Does that make sense?
2: It makes a lot of sense. So,
0: so basically the solution
2: here is yeah. just a greater understanding of each other's individualness and and uniqueness and not not expecting not expecting everyone to be a clone of yourself
0: yeah but it's it's recognizing there are going to be some similarities so you're going to you're going to be leaning more towards people but you know opposites attract you should Mm -hmm. be having someone opposite in in your life so i i surround myself by introverts to do that that level of thinking that maybe i wouldn't do it's not to say I can't do it, but they're going to do it better. But what they should be using me for in the learning tool is the, the ability to speak without overthinking, to maybe say something that they wouldn't say, that starts a conversation, and they can learn from that, and you work together. Now, you know I said that you've got logical and feelings, and now I've said introvert, extrovert. Now you've mm-hmm. got your parts that make people. So if you blend those together, so we'll start in the top, you'll have a person who's introverted logic. So this is one person type. So what they do, they think about data, which means, yes, they can be perceived as quite quiet. What they do, they analyze data. These people sit and they analyze. They're very good thinkers. They're almost robotic-like. They don't say an awful lot. They nitpick because they need to, because they want to know the solution to something. But it's all about data and information. Now, if you go to the opposite side, it's still logic, but it's logical extroverts. These people play to win. They tell people what they want. They tell people the result. They're very competitive. I wouldn't play these guys at sports. They'll tell you the reasons why they should have won, even when they lose. They're really competitive, but they're assertive because they tell people what they want. There are two sides of logical. That's an introverted logical person and an extroverted logical Now, if you dip into feelings, same principle, but you're saying introverted feelings. So these people, they think about how they feel. So in their heads, they'll walk into a situation and go, I'm feeling a bit uncomfortable. Or there's too many people in here. Internally, they go, I'm sweating. Everyone can see that I'm sweating. Everyone's going to judge me. They're judging themselves internally on feelings. So there's a different characteristic between an introverted logic who's just looking at data and an introverted feelings. So although you've got someone that shares the same behavior, introverted, you can still have separation there. Go to the other side, you have extroverted feelings. Now, these people, they have something called foot-in-mouth disease where they all speak without thinking. Me! Yeah, you can always find podcasters fit fit here quite nicely. Um, I fit there as well. It's an extroverted feelings where I'm telling you how I feel. Is it a logical way of delivery? No but I don't lead through logic. So you've got to accept the fact that I'm extroverted feelings. It comes with the package. But what I won't do is judge judge someone who asks me a question based on the logic I've missed out. That's for me then to flex in a new world and appreciate that they didn't quite grasp everything, so they're going to have more questions. But that's what makes up four people generically. So
2: it seems like, it's, it, it seems like the key there is an internal self-awareness and an internal self dialogue because you were t- you were talking about an introvert who has uh, a great awareness of their feelings and an extrovert who is a logical thinker both of those things require right that's what you were saying so so basically an introverted extrovert and an extroverted introvert is what you were saying exists
0: uh- no, no to, to put it in context, and again, it could be just the way I've explained it. So you'll have introverted logic or yes. introverted feelings. Okay. So you have someone who think logically, internally. They won't do a lot of talking, but what they're they're not looking for feelings. They're looking at data. But you'll have other people that think feelings. So they're still introverted, but the way they see the world is how they feel. So they'll go, oh, I'm feeling a bit tense. That's one side of the coin. Introverted logic or introverted feelings. Go to the other side, it's extroverted logic or extroverted feelings. So it's a similar concept. The difference is they're talking logic, not thinking logic, or they're saying feelings, not just thinking about it. Mm. Do you know you get quiet people in this world? So you would know this in school. You get those very, you said, like reserved people that aren't talking. Although Mm -hmm. they're not talking, it's what's going on up here. And there's two sides to that. It's either up here it's logic Or it's, I'm freaking out because emotionally I'm panicking. But what's coming out of their mouth? Nothing. And you'll say to them, are you all right? And they'll go, yeah, I'm fine. But inside, you know, they ain't fine. It's because they struggle to to bring that to life. Other side of the coin, you can't shut people up. They'll want to tell you stuff. They'll tell their feelings, whether you want to hear it or not, they're going to tell you out loud. Does that make better sense?
2: It makes great sense that's really that's very very well explained it's it's really really interesting um do you find that uh males and females like males or females tend to fall in one specific category
0: oh yeah now, now you've got the big question now the answer is yes um you, you would say stereotypically that you would have uh women are more emotional and i'm uh-huh. talking stereotypically and then play that persona of that challenging male, directness. I'm not scared of anything, but it's fake a majority of the time because the world's gone through the motions. If you think leadership, okay, I'm going to say some leaders now, which people agree, disagree with. It's not the point. The point I'm saying is the behavior. Your leaders years ago were very direct, and that's how we saw leadership. Tell people what we want, the end. If they don't agree, kill them. That's how it was seen. Damn. What happened is theorists, but that's what happened. Let's reality, and that's what Oh, yeah, I'm not up. disagreeing. It was crazy. But then theorists came in. Theories are only about, you know, 100 years strong, maybe 200 years when they started creating uh, momentum. What happened is leadership had to become more clever because now there were logical people questioning your way of leadership and they had science facts. So leaders had to become red, blue, Uh, 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 logical extroverts, logical introverts. They had to. So they had to become these people. I'm using colours because that's the metaphor. But they had to become these individuals. Now, what happened was leaders went that way. What's happened now is that leadership has gone more feelings. We have to be more aware of feelings because the world is more feelings. The problem is we've still got old school mentalities where we've got people feeling as though they're still these direct individuals. Where in actual fact, they're just using it as a persona because inside they're probably more emotional. They're just not sure how to share it without losing that, that masculine image. Because I've done so many tests where they come out emotional, but their external behavior is this directness. And it's all false. It's not who they are. But So I'd love to say that there is an answer that says women are more this, men are more that. It's hard because I think there's a fake perception of what men should and shouldn't be and what women should and shouldn't be. I think you could be anywhere in those. I don't think there's a category that puts someone stereotypically in those areas. I think we just create them through false perception.
1: I I like how we've kind of transitioned in the, into the conversation of, of men and women, you know, are different species, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, because I liked what you said earlier when you acknowledge that like typically like people surround themselves or should surround themselves with people who are different than them. Right. Or like who have the opposite. So like, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, my partner, he is an introverted feeler, an introverted feeler. And it's, I've told him in the past, like, sometimes I tell him, I said, your silence is very loud. Because, like, you can see it, right? Like, you can see that thought. You can see the wheels. You can see the feelings. You can see that. And yet you you can see it on his face and just, like, how are you feeling? What's wrong? Nothing. I'm fine. I'm like, "Mm -mm." no, so now you're just lying because you're not. And I have a very, another friend who's very, like, introverted, logical. She's my best friend. And she, I go to, she has the, she gives the best advice because she's just, like, this is just how it is. And she's thought about it. I can text her today. On yeah. Sunday, I want your opinion about X. And she's like, okay. And then she thinks about it all week. And she can deliver it to me that I'm just like, wow, so logical. Myself, yeah. on the other hand, I, yes, I have foot and mouth disease to its fullest extent. To the point yeah. where, excuse me, I've had discipline at work. <laughs> from an, I, I really have a hard time keeping things, thoughts and feelings to myself um yeah which often
0: discipline at work
1: when yeah, i was when let's, i
0: let's, save that for the next podcast let's hear that <laughs> let, let,
2: let's, hear, let's hear that now
1: no i mean it's not not anything recent but my my supervisor my current supervisor we've been working together now for three years and you know she has had a lot of i've had a lot of coachable moments um where she's had to say like you need to reel it in um you know like i know you feel And most of the time it's because I'm passionate about something, you know, I'm very passionate. I work in healthcare. I'm very passionate about what I do. And, and oftentimes like this idea or this feeling just kind of just out, you know, and it's, there's very little, um, there's very little notice or respect on my end that like, oh, I just said that to our vice president, you know, like that doesn't, I don't even think about it in my head. That's what I wanted to say. And I I don't care about titles or categories. That's what I want to say to you and you're going to hear it. So I've had a lot of coachable moments because my foot and mouth disease. Uh, But yeah, I, I do agree. Like you should surround yourself with people who are going to compliment that. Or as we've talked about in previous episodes, you know, like I have an ego, people who are going to like kind of rein in that ego. And, and that, that's a good point. I don't remember my point behind saying all that the, well
0: well the bit the bit that that's confusing me here and this is the reason why i studied this is because that whole example you've given me and the coachable moment as you're referring it to based on whose terms who said you did wrong and you'll say well this senior this manager this person said i did wrong okay and who made them right because i could argue that just because they're looking at your let's use foot in mouth disease But maybe you said something that needed to be said to start the discussion. Yes, we need to be aware of maybe the way you positioned it or maybe the way it came across. But then if we appreciate that your extroverted feelings, I shouldn't be shocked that Jess spoke out of turn, but what the message still needed to be said. I'm just thankful that Jess actually said it. So maybe the coachable moment is more for us to accept the fact that she's brought something to life. And this is the bit of frustrates me. I deal with leaders all the time and they have this, will I lead? I know better. Okay, if you search Amazon now leadership books or people and behaviors, there's about 48,500. You're telling me you've read all those. The answer is no. Then you don't have all the answers. So who are you to give someone else a coachable moment? A coachable moment comes from self-identified learning. So this is for you, Jess, to understand now that there are three other types of people that the way you delivered that message was the problem. The message itself was all good. But some people don't like the message. And I'm like, yeah, just because you don't like something, it doesn't mean it's not right.
1: I find that, yeah, no, I agree. I find that in those particular moments, and this is something that I think my supervisor and I are slowly kind of like coming to terms or finding a middle ground, but there, there's a generational gap between the two of us. There's a generational yep. gap between her or between me and the majority of our senior leadership team. And Mm -hmm. i if I were to say what I've said to someone around my age, regardless of their position in my company, those moments, I typically have said it to a larger group of people. And people my age, so like late 20s, early 30s, most of the time they agree with the way that I did it. They're like, oh, we're glad you said something. We've been thinking about this too. Oh yeah, I brought this up in another meeting at one point too. And someone like, I was ignored or someone said this or that. And yeah, it's because people my age are, you know, they're comfortable with a more abrasive approach, I guess, to just saying how they feel because that's what social media has done to us. We say what we want right now.
0: And, and I, agree, I I do agree. I, I don't like social media. Like I agree. We don't with either, it. do we, Mike? No, we don't.
2: No, we don't.
0: What's happened is you've given. Now this is where this is where I I tread on touchy ground. But I don't care because it's factual. And and anyone who knows me knows I don't care because you know I'm right. You've given a platform for illogical people to be just as powerful as the logical. So I can say emotionally anything I want. And if you disagree with me, then you're in the wrong. That's too much power for emotional. Emotional intelligence is the terminology. That is emotional chaos. You are saying that I can say anything I want with no consequence, so science can't get involved? That means that you're picking a behavior. You're saying logical people are not allowed to exist on social media then because you're saying that they can't say that you're wrong. No, they can't say that I'm wrong. That's ridiculous. That's like me saying you can't cry tomorrow. You're not allowed to be emotional. You would soon kick off about that. Why is it suddenly I can drop the logic in the conversation but not the emotional intent? And that's where human race gets so selfish we've given too much power. It's an unnatural platform of communication that has been given no barriers. Look at the dangers now. Look at what's happening. We are struggling to keep up. When it went down, did your did your WhatsApp and Facebook go down the other day? Sure did. Yeah. It was awesome. Look at the panic. Look at the panic. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like nothing's gonna work, this that and the other. Emotions were riding high. There was more memes that day than I've ever seen on the history of this planet. They were logical people waiting for Facebook to break, to say, Told you it was crap. Told you, I'm glad it's gone down. We needed this. Uh, thing. Yep, yep,
2: yep, yep.
0: Emotional people were the panickers. I need to get hold of my mum. I can't reach my nan. Come on, mate. You've not got a telephone, Gmail. There's plenty of other options you can use. But it was the emotional people panicking because you've removed the platform that I can't whinge on, that I can't moan on, that I've lost my tribe, my connection. It showed how vulnerable people are with social media.
1: That was a that was a lot to unpack yeah, in that one that statement. <laughs> that one statement. That was really good. Um I was I was thinking while you were while you were saying Shoot, hold on. Come back to me for a second. What were you? You had said something before that. I'll edit. I stay a lot, Jess.
0: I confuse people a lot. Do not worry about it. It's a natural trait. Anyone who's listening to this who knows me. Goes, yeah, that's what happens in March. So,
2: so, so, my my question is, where did you get all of this training? Did is this from? Yeah. So, so, how do you how do you know about this topic so deeply?
0: Okay. So, so, Mike, a lot of it's experience from being part of a family and then connecting those dots. And then it was going into teaching, but it was being a rebellious teacher. So when I started teaching, it was in the transition of, because I'm extroverted feelings, it was in the transition of people being logical. And then I came in with the question, why? So I went, yeah, but why do you do it that way? Well, we've always done it this way. I hate that expression.
1: I hate that expression.
0: Hence why you lead with with a different generation. But because my mouth was just a bit bigger, you could argue I was more spoiled and my family would agree with that. My mom was knackered. She had four kids. You get to the fourth kid, you're not as disciplined. You're like, yeah, mate, you can do whatever the hell you want. That worked (laughs) in my favor. So when I got older, I went, yeah, but why are you doing it that way? And no one could give me – they gave me their logical answer, but that didn't sit true. So what I started doing there, Mike, is – I was playing devil's advocate and tried some new stuff out with no theoretical knowledge. At that point, I didn't know theories. I was just doing it because I was being rebellious based on my, color pre- uh, based on my uh, emotional preference. So what was happening there, I started seeing success, success, and I did that for a couple of years. So I didn't know about theories and that. So I was already testing things to be recognized as this person that could do things differently because that's what, what it is, emotional feelings is is wanting to socialize and be recognized. Now, when I was introduced then to um, a few managers and some good managers, um, they then suddenly recognized that and a very good manager of mine, I don't work for anymore, she's retired, Liz Prince, a lovely lady, but she then went, let me show you some theories. And I was like, this is what I do already. And, she, and what she was trying to say is, yeah, You've done this not knowing this theory exists, and now I want you to have the logic. And those dots connected super fast. So I'd already had the experience, but I didn't know I was doing it. So suddenly I made those connections rapidly. My behaviors got too, uh, 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 too much, so I became like, I know it all. So I had to calm that down as well. So I think maturity helped as well. And then I started bringing in this psychology toolkit and I realized the imp- impact I was having to others by behaving in certain ways. So it's almost like all the planets aligned so fast that I even I was playing catch up and then I had to mature myself. So that's the journey where I got to that stage. And it's still to this day, they're like, how does someone like you know all of this? And my honest answer is, I don't know. Like there was a transition that happened so fast that I didn't even keep up with it. And now loads of people go, you're so right. How do you know it? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it's in there. There's obviously there's clarity in there somewhere where I'll go, oh, and I'll find that one day in therapy maybe. But there was a transition because it happened. So that snaps us. Normally you only get one or two bits of data. I had a whole lifespan suddenly make sense. Poof. And I couldn't keep up with that.
2: Are there any specific uh, books or co- or like coaches or influencers you recommend?
0: Absolutely. So a gentleman called Carl Young, um, Carl spelt with the C K A R L Young J U N G. His theory is is amazing, and and it came from a dream, which I love that concept of something so imaginative that didn't really have this. Or it came from a logical discussion. It came from a dream and a question why. So that's why that influenced me because that's where I was at. So he talks about the theory of people. Um, So that's a good one. Um, Other things like uh, Maslow, when you look at Maslow's motivation, but again, you've got to bring that up to date, but that still rings true because the tribal instinct is there. Talks about that tribal need and that's important. Um, Situational leadership is important as well because it talks about how you transition through learning. I, 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 my god mike there's so many there's so yeah. many I can give you. but carl young would be tippy top
1: mark you don't look old enough to have been teaching for 16 years
0: yeah i know i, I hold it well don't i so th- <laughs> th- 35 i am believe it or not um but even then that's 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 not old with that um, no is the answer there jess is like luck- i i fell into training at 19 Um, So, And the only reason I got the job in development is because the person who sent me the job forgot to send it to the rest of the organization. So I got it by default. I was a salesman through and through. I used to think that that was my calling because I gifted the gaps of the ability to talk. Um, I'm one, one year younger than you can never tell. Yeah,
2: yeah, we're practically twins. <laughs> practically practically twins, twins, that's right. You're a better than me. <laughs>
0: uh, but I think that I just started early enough by luck and then just got excited by the fact there were people. And oh my word, they're listening to me. And that was always the exciting thing, that they had to listen to me. But then it's knowledge as you went through and they didn't listen to you. I wanted to know why they're not listening. As opposed to judging them for not listening and, and almost having a go at them for not listening, I wanted to find out why you don't find me interesting that's where the learning went
1: that's wow. a beautiful way to end our podcast tonight uh i would love mark if you would if you want to take one more minute if you've got a a podcast yourself or an instagram or website that you want to promote please for our listeners and also to i'll put it in the show notes but please if you'd like to plug yourself the floor is yours
0: uh, uh yeah um so for me i just started doing a podcast called brain squeeze um, which was a way for me to be able to talk about this on a platform. So on Instagram, uh, brain squeeze Hector. just search that. The same on Twitter and the same on YouTube as well. Um, it's also on Spotify, but all the links will be in one of those that you go in. Um, and that was just the opportunity to talk about this in more detail, but on my terms. So what I was annoyed with, the platform I was using was for work, so I had to be careful. Whereas my podcast is like, the gloves are off. I'm going to tell you exactly how I see people, whether you want to hear it or not. So just be prepared. People listen to it and they go, ouch, but it's so true. So brain squeeze would be what I would offer.
2: I am definitely going to listen to that.
1: As am I.
0: There's about six on there, but they're in sequence. But I also do like quick learn. So I did a session called learning in a minute. So I try and squeeze every theory known to man in one minute. So I did like Maslow's hierarchy of needs in one minute in one minute. And they're on there as well because some people don't have 40 minutes. (laughs) So I went, all right, I'll tell you in a minute. And it became learning in a minute. And it became this thing because I can talk fast. And it was just being able to articulate it in one minute was fun to do as well.
1: That is so wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. This was an incredibly interesting conversation. I'm so glad that we were able to work it out. I know we've been trying to plan this for a while. So thank you for your patience.
2: That was awesome. That,
0: not it a problem was. at all. It's the first time doing stuff like this, especially with people overseas. So thank you for inviting me. So that was thank nice. you, Mark.
1: Yes. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful night, strangers. Bye-bye.